You are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 102.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Healthy Options with host Rhonda Feynman is up next. Good morning. Welcome. Hi, I'm Rhonda Feynman. This is Healthy Options, and uh, you're tuned to WERU. So today I am uh, actually filling in for uh, our, our great host, uh, Cynthia Swan, who will be back in January. And I thought it would be really fun to uh, talk about acupuncture and to, um, to really uh, explore some of the uh, some things we never usually get to speak about when we're speaking about Asian medicine. So uh, a couple of things that we'll, that we'll do. I'm hoping that uh, some people will call in in a little while. Uh, but I wanted to just talk a little bit about... Um, some of the different styles there are, and give a uh, a, a little history of of, uh, of Asian medicine and how that can be uh, useful in our daily lives and in uh, in our healing. So, um, you know, a lot of people talk to me, and they and I am I in, in, in for full disclosure. I am an acupuncturist. So when we do the Ask the Acupuncturist show, which is what this is. I am an actual licensed acupuncturist. Don't try this at home. Is what? Uh, okay. That's- a little levity here, a little acupuncture levity. Um, but when people come to me or sometimes they call, there's a, a, an idea in, uh, in the culture that um, acupuncture is just about, acupuncture is just about um, pain, pain management. And um, it's really a lot more than pain management. And for a variety of reasons, um, that has become the Western concept of, what, of what's going on. Um, so um, pain management certainly is part of it. And we know that pain is uh, experienced uh, as, as a discomfort. Sometimes it can be sharp. Sometimes it can be stabbing. Um, sometimes there are many different qualities. Sometimes there's nerve pain. Um, and in Asian medicine, when we do a full diagnosis of, a, of an individual, what we're doing is, is differentiating what kind of pain someone has. So while acupuncture is not only about pain management, it uh, certainly includes concepts of pain and, um, and theories about how to manage pain. So if someone has a very sharp pain sharp stabbing pain, we'll be talking about things. Now we're going to get into really interesting concepts like chi. Chi is the energy flow in our bodies. Chi talks about uh, what's our life force, what is the magic that keeps us alive. Um, blood, which is different than what's in our circulatory system. The blood is what nourishes us, and chi and blood run together. So in our bodies, think about this. We have energy that moves, chi, and then we have blood that nourishes. And in order to maintain balance, we want the chi and blood to be moving together. So if someone has pain, sharp stabbing pain, that can be a sign of blood stagnation. That means the blood isn't moving in some way. And there are a lot of diagnostic signs that we'll have that we'll um, talk about. Um, A lot of signs that we will have that will tell us that there is blood stagnation. We do things like, and some of you have had acupuncture, and, and, and in a little while we're actually going to speak with someone who has had acupuncture and is going to, we're going to do a treatment here. But um, if for some styles we do look at the tongue. We look at tongue diagnosis, and if sometimes there's a purple color on the tongue, we know for sure there's blood stagnation. And when does blood stagnation happen? You sprain your ankle. 
you've seen a black and blue mark that's very, very obvious. Sometimes blood stagnation is more internal. A woman who has very severe menstrual cramps. Okay, that's a, a serious um, issue of blood stagnation. Sometimes um, it can happen because um, you you were actually swimming. Now, this is very common in Maine. You were swimming in the summer in a very in very cold water, and that can make something get um, really congealed, and uh, you can have pain from blood stagnation and cold. Um, that's also sharp and stabbing. So. We differentiate that from something like dull pain. Dull pain is often has is uh, you know maybe a dull headache even that also has to do with the chi not moving. So you see that there's a difference between chi and blood, and it's hard to define these concepts in Western um, ideas because um, we don't really you know in, in Western medicine pain is pain, and everybody gets treated pretty much uh, in, in fairly similar similar ways. Although there is some differentiation. Um, but in Asian medicine, Chinese medicine, with full diagnosis, it's um, that uh, you are actually looking at a differentiation of pain. So that's one aspect. Sometimes, you know, you, I could treat people for neuropathies. I can treat people for diabetes. I can treat people for heart disease, for, for migraines. All of the biomedical ideas um, are also very, very applicable to Asian medicine. Now, when people think of acupuncture, often they're just thinking about, well, there's something about needles. We're doing something with needles. And, um, but really, Asian medicine, which is a medical system unto itself, thousands of years old, um, is a lot more than that. And I'm going to read something, which is, uh, I'm going to talk about Taoist medicine, which is different than the Taoist religion. Taoist medicine, if uh, people have seen the yin-yang sign, that's where there's uh, often it's depicted as black and white, and there are two circles. Sometimes people say they look like fish. One has a black dot, one has a, a circle. That's yin and yang, and they turn and become one another. Yin, yesterday, if you were in Maine, and I know we're streaming online, so maybe if you were in Australia and you're listening to this show, it didn't... You didn't have a nor'easter yesterday. But if you live in this part of the world, it was raining. Yin is very moist. And, and, and uh, I call it the dark side of the mountain. And it's very nourishing and it's soothing to the nervous system. Yang is a little bit more what today is. Bright on the, uh, in the main coast. Um, bright and sunny and hot. So you have cool and hot. And in the yin-yang symbol... That's what the Chinese medical symbol is about. Yin becomes yang and yang becomes yin. It's very, very cosmic. So when I'm talking about that, I'm going to talk about the eight branches. And this is how Chinese medicine, Asian medicine, and I use the word Asian medicine because we're talking about um, a, lot of, um, a lot of different traditions in this medicine. It's not only China, and we'll talk about that because I do a Japanese style quite often that's, a, that's very different, although we're using the same diagnostic principles. So let's talk about what the branches of Asian medicine are. Well, w- the first thing, the highest form of Asian medicine is meditation. So it's not just about going in and having someone, oh, my left knee hurts, let's put a needle in the left knee. No. Meditation is called the great medicine. It's the core of all systems, and it was the core of all systems at one time. Not so much now. 
So if you go to an acupuncturist and someone starts talking about meditation, that's absolutely in, in the scope of what Asian medicine is. The great medicine. It's the great diagnosis. It's the uh, um, remedy cure, meditation. The second branch, the second highest form, is uh, qi cultivation, qigong, qi cultivation. So they say that qi is more important than food. So doing tai chi, doing yoga, doing uh, work, that, that's where the martial arts came in in this great medicine. Um, Chinese medicine in motion, Asian medicine in motion is what qigong is. And that's very, very important for qi cultivation and, as we talked about earlier, to get the qi and blood to move really well in the body. So qi is more important than food. But the third branch, very important, is nutrition. Food is more important than herbs. Okay, so if you go to a, a, a practitioner and you're talking about diet, that is absolutely the third highest branch of, of Asian medicine. It's really important to talk about food because there are different qualities of food. Some food are cold. So if we had, the, looking at the example we had earlier, if someone is very cold, um, I would probably say let's avoid the cold foods. And what's a cold food? Soy, for instance, is considered energetically a very cold food. Um, what's a warm food? Um, a winter squash, a buttercup squash, a butternut squash, very warm. A beet is very warm. If you eat meat, chicken is very warming. Um, so we have, um, we have those kinds of differentiation that goes into the diagnosis and treatment. So chi is more important than food. Food is more important than herbs. And wuji, we say that's the emptiness state. That's meditation, that's qigong, is even more important than anything. So here we are with those three. And then what do we get to? Well, we get to body work, like twina, uh, jinshindo, those kinds of things. Really moving the body in that way is very considered really a high form of treatment. Then we get to things like feng shui. No, first it's cosmology. That's even more interesting. Living with the Tao, living in balance is considered, so lifestyle counseling is really, really important as a part of Asian medicine. So, you know, we've gotten through at least five branches here, and we haven't even talked about herbs and acupuncture yet. Feng shui is the next one, the next branch. Feng shui is the art of placement. It talks about um, the placement of objects in our lives, where we are in our lives, where we are in our environment. So this is all about lifestyle. And so Asian medicine, obviously, already, is, we're seeing is much more than pain management. And then we have herbs, which are internal and external herb, herbal medicines. So you can actually use herbs to treat imbalances internally, but you also can use the herbs externally on bruises or even on internal conditions, sometimes you would actually place the herbs on acupuncture points. And the acupuncture points are part of the meridian system. And the meridians are how that chi, that energy flows in our body. And the points how we are how we get access to them. And for those of you who are really enjoying uh, Western re research, and there is a f uh, more and more Western research about these, they have found that the actual, quote, designated acupuncture points um, actually have some different kind of electrical charge than, than non-acupuncture points. 
So um, anyway, so you can you can start seeing how uh, how that is uh, an integral part of of Asian medicine. And then here you go. What's the eighth branch? Acupuncture. So really interesting to realize that uh, there's a whole lot to do even sometimes before we put needles in someone. So if you go to an, uh, into my clinic or any of my colleagues' clinics, people are going to do a full intake, and that's what you want to have happen. Someone's going to ask you, you'll come in because you uh, sprained your back or because maybe you have chronic headaches or for whatever the thousands of reasons that any, you go to any healthcare practitioner. And um, so we'll talk about what your main complaint is, but we'll absolutely be starting to ask questions that are seemingly totally unrelated to why you came in. And you can see why that would be important that um, we, because if we're treating the whole body and we're treating the individual and not the symptom and not the quote, imbalance, then we need to know a lot of information. So I would ask about whether you're cold or hot. I would ask how your digestion is, even if you're not there for a digestive uh, problem. Um, I would ask uh, all sorts of things um, about, about the body, about how you're sleeping, how you're um, digesting, how, you're, uh, how you are in the world. Are you anxious? Are you nervous? Are you... Um, catch colds easily, all of those kinds of things are really, really important so that we could get through meditation, qigong, nutrition, body, work. And in my tradition, we do a lot of palpation. We touch the body to find out the body actually speaks. So I'll do a lot of abdominal palpation, touch the belly very, very gently um, to really, that tells me is there something deficient. And often that will be felt as some hollow feeling or a cold clammy feeling or actually perspiration that's telling me there's deficiency um or is there something excess and we call that repletion excess too much of something in which case something could be very hard and um tight and cold cold is considered an excess you have too much of something that you're not supposed to have so there's that touch aspect um then we you know, it's a little harder if you talk about cosmology in a Western clinic. People think you're trying to tell them how to think or, or, or religion. But really, that's not, that's not what we're talking about at all. It's just really how to be in balance with whatever choices you've made in your life and, and to see what's working for you. Feng shui. For insomnia, for instance, um, it's really important to know where someone's bed is lying. If the bed is uh, the best place for your beds, the placement of your bed should be in the north or northeast corner of your bedroom. And, we've, and, and for a variety of, of reasons about the way chi flows, that has found to be uh, sometimes curative for insomnia, to actually just move someone's bed. That's kind of interesting. Another thing is, are you wearing a watch? Now I am, I'm going to take mine off right now, because the watch is going often is on our wrist and the meridians that are flowing through the the soft part of the wrist you know the the thumb the um palm side of the wrist have to do with it. the heart energy and the heart energy has to do with our spirit and our spirit has to do with well whether we're sleeping well or not so you're wearing a watch well that could be a problem and you're having a lot of insomnia maybe your watches especially ones with batteries you're getting an electrical charge that's um, messing, as we say. That's a medical term. Don't use that at home. Messing with your meridians. So um, then we would look at herbs and acupuncture. 
Um, so it's pretty interesting. And I'm going to actually give the phone number. Is that the one eight six six number? Yes, thank you, Amy. One eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. That's one eight six 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 two five W E R U nine three seven eight. So if anyone has any questions, you know you can um, you can help me out here because I'm talking nonstop, and uh, <laughs> we're going to just uh, just take a moment. You know, I, I brought some of my props with me, and I if you've Anyone who's been to my clinic knows I have lots of models, and, and uh, I didn't bring all, all of the models, but I did bring my ear. It's a really huge ear, and usually it's great when I treat kids, they like the ear, but adults secretly do. Yeah. They secretly do, think, yes, right. And, and uh, so the ear, you can treat the whole body. It's very interesting. You can treat the whole body through the ear. You can treat the whole body through the hand. You can treat the whole body through uh, many, many different ways uh, because the whole energy system is totally connected in the body. So there's a whole map, and my, my very large ear here has a, a whole map of, um, of things that can, um, of ways that you can treat. Now, it's really interesting, too, because some of these maps have been translated, and so they are Western ideas. So there's a whole area that's the foot, that's the ankle, that's the head, that's headaches, that's the neck, that's the lower back. So you see, you can treat the whole system through the, through the ear. You can treat the heart, you can treat the kidneys, you can treat the liver energy. So um, on the lobe of the ear, you can treat things like toothaches. And it differentiates even more specifically, upper body toothache, upper, upper jaw toothache, or lower jaw toothache. And um, so there's, there's really quite quite a, a lot of things that can, uh, that can be treated through, um, through the ear. And, uh, that's right. And I want to just say that, uh, in the studio with me is Sylvia Smith and she has volunteered to, uh, to contribute to the program and to get a treatment in a little bit. But yes, that's a really good question. What's really, um, interesting and, um, sometimes problematic, is that the translations uh, from the Chinese or the Japanese into English um, uses words like kidney energy, spleen energy, liver energy, lung energy, large intestine energy. Um, and there's a confusion because when we talk about that, if I say to someone, you have some kidney yin deficiency, right? Remember we talked about that, a fluid imbalance. You have kidney yin deficiency. How would I know that? Maybe a woman comes in uh, and uh, is going through menopause and is having hot flashes and is uh, very dry and um, is, uh, has dry skin or um, fatigue and back pain. Might look at, at the tongue. The tongue is very glossy, meaning it doesn't have a coat or there are cracks in the tongue. That's a yin deficiency sign. So I'll say, you have kidney yin deficiency. And they said, oh, my goodness. Do I have to go to my doctor, my medical doctor? Is there something wrong with my kidneys? You know, do I need medicine? Well, no, we're not talking about the actual organs, at, uh, at least at the beginning. Now, a kidney deficiency or a liver deficiency over time might create some problems in the organs, but really we are talking about those meridians. We're talking about how, how the whole uh, body is connected energetically. And so this is a really good energetic, energetic medicine. Yes, indeed. I want to give you that number again. It's one 625 9378 
And uh, if you have any questions about anything, about um, what acupuncture can treat or how we would look at a, a particular uh, situation or imbalance, um, how we might um, address anything specific, that would be, that would be great. So, um, you know, we do have Sylvia in the, in the studio, and I know she needs to probably, I'm, I'm, I've corralled her. <laughs> And uh, I know she probably has to get back to work. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to actually, let's, let's, let's do our, our thing now. So that was a great okay. question. Any other, any other insights or things I should be addressing? That Well, you were speaking about the pulses, the, uh, that it's not just the heart, heart rate. That it's... Yes. When uh, you go to a, a practitioner of Asian, of Asian medicine, um, what you'll find is that, uh, well, I'm just going to take, here, let me have both hands, because in, in the Japanese tradition, you actually take your pulses with both, both hands, because you can really feel, it's a training in terms of how to take the pulses. You can really see the difference between the right side of the body and the left side of the body. And each, in Chinese medicine, Asian medicine, in pulse diagnosis, your fingers go um, the same place you would just to take a heart rate. But here you have um, three positions. And within those positions, there are different levels. So right now, you can feel I'm just feeling very gently. Yeah. Yeah. I can press a little bit more. And what we get is the middle pulse. And then I can press even more deeply and feel the deeper pulse and how the body is and how each level tells me more information about how you're, you're balanced, how, how you're um, structured and how, um, what's, what's happening in, in every individual's body. So there are three positions, then there's, there's nine positions, right? Cause we're going to three different levels. Then in some traditions we actually go sideways and in very different ways, so there are even more positions within that. And that, in, again, in different traditions, is telling us a lot of information. So, you know, some of you might have actually gone to an Asian practitioner who doesn't speak English, yet you've had really good treatments. How, how could that be? Well, we're going to look at your face. We're going to look at complexion. These are very much nonverbal. You know, we're a very verbal culture, um, so we talk a lot, People, you know, we want to have that kind of connection. But I could observe how your face is, what your coloring is, um, how uh, a feeling on the belly is, and, um, and be able to do a perfectly fine treatment that would really address that constitutional issue, meaning what's underlying an issue. So, for instance, someone comes in to, for, for diabetes, um, we know that has to do with blood sugar. We know it has to do with the, uh, with the pancreas in Western medicine not having to do with insulin and how sugar stays in the blood or doesn't stay in the blood. But in Asian medicine, often we see it as a kidney imbalance. And that shows up on the tongue and that shows up on the pulse. So someone could come in with diabetes or not even know they have diabetes and I would st still treat them for a kidney issue. Two other people could come in for um, two other people could come in for a uh, diabetes and they would have a different imbalance. Great. I am, and you are, by the way, listening to Healthy Options. And I'm Rhonda Feynman, 
and uh, I do practice uh, Asian medicine and, and Japanese herbology in uh, Belfast. Um, so, and you are tuned to WERU. So, healthy options, Rhonda Feynman. We're talking about acupuncture. Ask the ac- acupuncturist. I'm, I'm kind of getting into that. Of course, um, anyway, let me just give you that number again, one 625 9378 What we're going to do... Um, and you were speaking about the difference between Chinese and Japanese, that they yes. have different techniques. Yeah, so we've gotten those pulse situations. Japanese acupuncture, um, now historically, um, if you know um, Asian history about, uh, a lot of this medicine did start in China, and it was uh, beginning, it, it was actually, uh, because meditation is, as we know, the first branch, um, there was there are a lot of practitioners, Taoist practitioners, meditators, um, spiritual practitioners, who were very, very, very familiar and had really cultivated their chi enough that they were very sensitive to how energy flows in the body. And what happened was, um, as they were sensitive to what flowed in the body, they started mapping out how energy flowed in the body. And therefore, they would start dealing with the meridian system. They could start seeing a whole energetic pattern to how, how we as human beings worked in the world. They also made it a connection between the heaven and the earth. And we say that we, our chi, our energy, comes from the air we breathe. It comes from the food we eat. It comes from our lifestyle. So all of this was integrated into this understanding. And that information was first handed down by mouth, certainly, and apprenticeships and that kind of thing. And then it, it evolved in various ways. And herbal medicine started to be uh, studied as well. Um, and people traveled. So people who had this understanding would take the books when they started to be written, their classics. Um, and then they would go and travel throughout Asia. So they would bring the medicine to Japan. They would bring the medicine to Korea. They'd bring the medicine to Vietnam. They'd bring the medicine to Indonesia, all over, all over that, the, that area. And there would be an exchange. And then, as we know politically, uh, Japan and China started to have wars. And trade routes stopped. They'd follow the trade routes with all the information. Everything got traded. Um, and... So some of the classics got left in, some, in, in these other countries, and then conversation didn't continue. And ultimately, in these different countries, a different interpretation of the classics came up and a different way of looking at the medicine. And then things were culturally influenced as well. And there were very classical practitioners that we know of in uh, China um, right up to the Cultural Revolution, right up to Maoist times. And with Maoist times, you, you couldn't talk about meditation and cosmology. You couldn't talk about the essence, the core of the medicine. And Mao, actually, it was a very political act. He got Western medical practitioners and some classical Chinese people together, practitioners together, to create the people's medicine. And some of the medicine um, that we know of as uh, as traditional Chinese medicine, some of it is actually really post-World War II. Some of the diagnosis and some of the ways of looking at things have lost some of the, uh, some of the ancient, ancient connections. And it's still very powerful medicine. 
And really, the way it's taught in Western schools, and there are many schools, um, you are getting uh, a lot of, of the classical aspect. But unto itself, it's really a devised medicine from post-1940s China. So um, in that, each culture created its own techniques. So, for instance, in Chinese culture, I, I think that, that you know, they, they're, they're saying you have to use very thick needles. You need to really get the da qi, a really strong qi effect. You're not doing justice to the treatment if you don't get da qi. And there's a whole conversation about where qi lies in the body. It's the, there's the skin, there's the muscle, there's the bone, then there's the qi and the meridian. And so you have to go very deep to access that qi. Japanese have a different idea of meridian therapy, of, of channel therapy. And their idea is that, in fact, the qi field works outside the body and inside the body, and you can access the qi field without even inserting a needle. And so if you were just working with a special technique, it's not like you're just willy-nilly, in, you know, going, going at a point, um, you're actually cultivating a particular technique to feel the chi, you can actually do very powerful treatments without even inserting a needle. Is acupressure, acupressure? That is not acupressure. Not acupressure. Um, acupressure is you're pressing. I think it's a different diagnostic system, a different method of, of uh, looking at the... Um, a different method of looking at the, uh, at the, of, the, of the body. So when I'm talking about this, and I'm sure that's part of it, but what I'm talking about is an Asian medical diagnostic system. And, I, and if I had, I'm sure I'll get calls and there'll be someone who does acupressure and we'll need to have that conversation. But right now what I'm talking about is, is really understanding the diagnostic and med- the whole medical system unto itself of Asian medicine and the differences so, um, so let, let's talk about that. I mean, you, you asked some questions. Let me, let me take your pulses. We have uh, Sylvia here, and uh, let's see. Maybe we'll, we'll see how to uh, practice this a little. So I'm, I, right now I have my uh, hands on your pulses. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just going to move away from the microphone so I can focus and... And so if you have anything, you know, like what you're feeling or something, that, that's fine, too. Or not. Okay. That's fine. But we don't want to have too much dead air here. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little pressure on, pressure on my wrist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Good. Now I think Amy I can. Yes, we've had a technical so adjustment. <laughs> this is great. Now I don't have to. Yeah. Okay. So on the right side of the wrist, I'm accessing the lung, large intestine, spleen, stomach, all right, okay. we call it the sand jowl, here it is, the, um, the jowls, we didn't talk about that, there's so much to talk about, on the body there's an upper jowl, that's our chest, the jowls are, brand, are areas, and there's a, a saying that, you know, all three areas, all the jowls talk to each other, the upper area has the lung and the heart and it. The middle area, the middle jowl, spleen and stomach. The lower jowl has the reproductive organs and digestive organs. So we're, we're talking upper, middle, and lower jowl. And um, 
So let's see here. Okay, so on the le- and then, then on the left side, you know, it's so funny to be doing this sitting up. It's mm-hmm. uh, although yeah. <laughs> pulses traditionally were taken sitting up with beautiful pulse pillows. If you see uh, drawings in, in Japan and, and China, you'd see these beautiful pulse pillows. And I also want to say, um, even though we're doing this right now, that this is a great form of preventative medicine. Having that image of the pulse pillows made me think of this. The emperor's doctor, the Chinese emperor's acupuncturist, Asian medicine, Chinese medicine practitioner, would be fired and possibly more, I don't know, if the emperor got sick, because the whole idea was prevention. So while in our culture we think we only go to medicine, we only go to doctors, we only take care of ourselves when we're ill, in fact, this is the best form of preventative medicine, so when you're feeling well is really a great time to go and do maintenance to maintain health. All right, so we have here heart, small intestine, small intestine, heart, we have uh, gallbladder and liver, we have uh, kidneys, bladder and kidneys on the left. And that's, uh, again, the meridians, not necessarily the organ. So I know you're a little nervous here, so everything's pounding away. So, so and I've never done an intake. You know, I probably should. You know, is there anything going on that you can share with? Well, the pledge drive is coming up. <laughs> the pledge drive is coming up. Sylvia's a little, a little nervous here. She's stressed, a little bit overworked. So, you know, she's looking at the clock here. I'm keeping her in here. Um, and what I am finding now, wh- an organ system that actually has to do with stress is the liver and gallbladder. And in fact, what I'm feeling here is that your liver and gallbladder and your kidney energy need to be treated. Also, kidney energy, yes. She's shaking mm-hmm. her head. She is a, an experienced acupuncture, receiver of acupuncture. And uh, so is that what you usually get treated on, the... Uh, Kidney energy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's good. We all, we all agree. Yes. <laughs> now, yeah. So uh, the kidney energy for sure, and the kidney energy is the fundamental energy of the body. It's, uh, it's what holds us. It's what gives us our, in, our chi to move into, into the world and to do our jobs. So some of the kidney energy we inherit from our parents, and the idea is that we're supposed to we're supposed to maintain, we're supposed to nourish what we, our yuan chi, the chi the that we, we inherited. Okay. And then what we're supposed to live off is the food we eat and how our lifestyle is, whether we're getting enough sleep and all of that. Now, in, in our culture, very often, we end up working and really depleting our kidney energy because we live such stressful life cycles. Yeah. And by the way, this is Healthy Options. I'm Rhonda Feynman. And Sylvia Smith has graciously consented to be diagnosed right here for millions, for millions of people. Okay, I know, the millions of you who are out there. Um, so, so let's do it. We're going to do a kidney, we're going to do a treatment, and uh, I'm not going to have you lie down, but I do need your leg. Okay. So let's see how we're going to do this. Yeah. I need my, uh, my lavalier, I need my microphone so I can move around. Now, this is different. I'm going to do a Japanese treatment. It'll be very, we're not going to insert. This is a silver needle. We use, in, in Japanese, we use um, very different. Very fine. Very fine. Um, not inserting. Um, we use different substances. We say that uh, silver, stainless steel is a little bit more draining. We say silver is tonifying. 
We say gold is the most tonifying. We also use minerals and, and uh, we use things like uh, copper and zinc, and we use them on different special points um, to deal with. Uh, there, there's something called the extra meridians. There, there. We talked about. ways and we access that um, sometimes in some traditions of, J of Japanese medicine we we, die, we use them as core treatments we use them as fundamental treatments and the uh, different style called Toyahari we use them for more pain situations back pain that kind of thing and for those situations we would use copper and thin and I'm not going to uh, insert it, but I'm going to do a point. I'm going to do two points because we're going to treat your kidneys. And I'm going to, uh, now, of course, if you were in my clinic, you'd be lying down. I would have right. done an abdominal diagnosis, but I'm going to ask you to stick the your tongue The would be very different. <laughs> yeah, a little different. Let me, yeah, you wouldn't be wearing headphones, for instance. Right. Um, <laughs> all right, can I see your tongue? Okay, so she's stressed. I'm sorry, Sylvia. Yeah, here, really. Just sit down. Stay seated. Uh, her tongue. The tip of the tongue into the back is red. So that's a little heart, a little bit stress, a little heat. Um, you don't mind me doing no, this. No, that's fine. Yeah, would you that's, like prefer, should we change your name at, at this point? <laughs> <laughs> this is consensual HIPAA violation. Um, and... Uh, um, so there is a little bit of a glossy tongue, so we'd say the yin, kidney yin, we would want to nourish that. Let me see again. Yeah. A little thin, so we want to nourish your blood. We want to give you blood tonifying herbs. This will help. Okay. Can I see underneath? Oh. She has a little cheese stagnation. Uh, little the, the, there, there are two veins under. Now everybody run to the mirror. <laughs> Everyone, you see? Amy, yes, thank you. No mirror. Okay. Um, <laughs> Look at your tongue. I, is it moist? Is it dry? Is it thick? Is it swollen? Is it a purple color? That's sometimes hard to see. Is it a white coat or a yellow coat? And if you can, some people can't lift their tongue up. You did. It's a genetic thing. Um, there are two veins there. If they're very purple and, and, and uh, enlarged, that tells us that there's stagnation. And I So we're really using this as a, as a whole medicine here. So, um, okay, now, oh, you need to take your shoe off. This is going to be great. And we're going to go to a point called Kidney 7. And I didn't bring my really fabulous, uh, I, I needed to, uh, book to give us the really beautiful poetic name of what this is. So one of my colleagues want to call in and tell me the beautiful poetic name of kidney seven. <laughs> Here. All right. Here. All right. So I need this leg. This one. I'm going to do it on her right leg. She's now using me as a table. It's yeah. great. <laughs> and I'm actually going to have you move your, move your, uh, your chair actually out to here. We're just adjusting. This is what goes on all the time in clinic. We have people, they, they always say in my training that it, there you go. You okay? Yeah. Yep. All right. Good. I haven't lost anyone yet, <laughs> that you really need to be comfortable. If you're not comfortable practicing, then forget it. 
Hmm. Okay. So you feel, and in this medicine, I, uh, I can measure where kidney seven is, but also we rely very much on feel. And there's another idea. We talk about these points, and we talk about books, and we talk about charts of acupuncture points. But, you know, everything changes. Everything moves. And these points are incredibly fluid. So what we call, we say there's an anatomical point location. They're in the books. They're in the classics. But then we say that there's a live point location in, this me- in, in, in the Japanese style. So we say, great, we know... Uh, we, I can read you off the anatomical location of kidney seven. Is it in the same place for the same person all the time, or does it change? Ah, the, yes, it does change, and that's, that's the thing. It's going to be right near it, but the live point, the point where the chi is actually residing in that moment, is, uh, will shift. So sometimes it is the actual anatomical location. You know, I could say, we talk about measurements in something called sun, C-U-N. They're like... Uh, Chinese inches. And each part of the body is divided into so many sun. So the area on the inside of your leg, I think, oh, I should, I should uh, try to remember what this is. It's been a while. 12? I, I do it automatically. So I would, uh, no, it's not. Okay, I need a colleague to call immediately to help me with this. Uh, got myself in a I'm learning that in school. Where are the points? Well, here it is, you know. And you take tests, you write them down. Stomach 36 is three soon below this, or eight soon above that. So, uh, but in the Japanese style, the anatomical point is very, very important, but also the live point is even more important, because the live point is what you're going to treat. And that tells us where the cheese residing. And so you feel this is different. I'm going very gently along the kidney meridian, and here I am. Yep. I also can measure by your hand, because the soons are all, the measurements are all related to the individual. It's not how, what size my hand is, it's what size Sylvia's hand is, or what size, you know, Sylvia's leg is. That's where the points are going to be. So it's very much an individual practice. So, there we go. How does that feel? Yeah. Yeah, you can tell the difference. I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to feel more like here. Does that feel different? Yes. What did you feel different, if you can describe it? I know I'm putting you on the spot there. I can feel your finger more in one place. Do you feel like, yeah, you can feel the, um, does it feel more tingly or calming? Or, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things I would ask my clients. If I can't find a point or if something, if I'm confused about a diagnosis, I will rub along the meridians and go, which one feels better? Yes, which, I think tingly is a good yeah, description. Which, which, which area calms your nervous system? Because if it's the right, the right point and the right diagnosis, you're going to feel, it's going to feel right right away. All right. So now I'm closing my fingers my index finger and my thumb, and in, and in the Toyohari method, we call that an Oshide. We call that, it's, a, it's just a, it's, it's the, the hand that, it's the hand that finds the point. And this circle is what I'm going to be treating within. Now I take my right hand, 
and I'm going to take this needle and I'm going to place it. Now, I should also say that this practice is also done by blind acupuncturists. So I don't need to be looking, right? And I've placed my needle. And if I'm practicing with my colleagues, I will be doing this. Found the point, made my own shade, placed the needle, and now I'm going to treat. So we're going to be silent for a moment while we start moving the needle to the chi level. Accessing the chi right there. Do you feel that? Yeah. What do you feel? All right. I actually feel it more in my arms. There you go. And I'm gathering the chi. And she took a breath, and I'm out. Very quick. Yes. I didn't feel the needle at all. No. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You don't want to feel... In this technique, for that particular moment, I didn't want you to feel the needle. But what I felt was... And it's a really interesting chi sensation for the practitioner, for me. Everyone, we, we do studies about what does it feel to feel the life point and to feel the chi. For me, I felt it very a softening and a, a rising sensation, so all at the same time in my belly. Other people feel it at the tips of their fingers. You say that you focus on the tip of the needle, and as it moves, and you can feel it when it gets to the, when it gets to the chi field. And then, how do you know how long to keep it there? Well, there's another gathering. And if you miss it, you take it out very quickly. You saw it was a very quick moving my hand and quick closing of the point. Very quick, simultaneous. You practice that. You know, because we say you don't want to leak chi. Uh, All right. So I'm just going to show you what that feels like. So it's really a sense of... We, we look at it, I, one of my teachers, uh, I was in Washington, there's some teachers from Japan who came, and they're so funny, they're you know, t- talking about all of this ancient medicine, and we're talking about meditation and cosmology and bringing the chi, and then they're saying, it's like an elevator door coming together, <laughs> it's like being on the subway, and the two doors closing, you go, very ancient, very ancient. <laughs> But if those of you who've been on the subway and have seen those doors close, there's pieces of rubber, and they come together. And that's how the bottom of your hand should be. As if it's that tight and that loose. Okay. So let's check your pulses. We just treated your kidney point. Yeah. And what's happened is her kidney pulse has gotten a little fuller. And the next part of this is the lung pulse, is the lung point that we're going to do. Now, there's a way that these meridians talk to each other, the lungs and the liver and the kidney. And this is how it is. They call it, it's, it's called, uh, you know, if we had a blackboard here on blackboard radio, um, it would be the wood element, the liver, the fire element, heart. And this is a brief description. Then it goes to the spleen, the earth element spleen and stomach. Then we go to the metal, lung, large intestine. And then we go to the kidneys. And you see lung and kidney. So if there's a kidney deficiency, which we discovered, I'm also treating the meridians, the, the whole element that comes before the kidneys. I'm going to be treating the metal, the lungs. So that's why I'm going to that point right now. So let's see what that feels like. That's it. So, do you feel that point? Just sign, I mean, it's basically, there's a, a and we're going to go to lung eight, which is right by this little 
right there. And there's the point. And how do I know it's the point? My finger just went Actually, right into I it. I just felt something over my eye. And she felt something over her eye. Good, we're going to give her a headache. My work <laughs> is done. All right. Here we go. Found the point. Found the point. Making my own shade. Placing the needle. Fashion, we say, sure. take out. Sure. <laughs> yeah. How did that feel to you? I didn't feel as much with that one as uh -huh. okay. that's with the other. Well, let's see how the pulse is, though. But her pulses are balanced. And that's the yin, that's the nourishing. Now we're going to do something really interesting. Because through all of this, all the stress, everything. Well, first we're going to treat one point here. We're going to treat her heart so that you can, you can face the pledge drive yeah. with calm and determination. Good. Right. Okay? Yes. Okay. Good. So right there. See how much you feel this one. One more time. Right there. Placing the Oshide, placing the needle. There. That's going to be better. You feel that one more? Then the first point. Yes. Yes. Yeah, good. Takes a second, but very profound. Then we'll have to fix her off the air and you know, <laughs> see what we're doing here. Now, here's a really, really interesting thing. You can be deficient in one area, and the pulses are telling me you are pounding away in your gallbladder pulse, which tells me there's some excess there, there's something, and I'm going to do a really cool little thing right now. And this is a really, really cool little technique. What we do is we tonify and disperse a point at the same time. And I'm going to use the same needle, and I'm not inserting and you're going to feel, this is going to feel pretty good. It'll actually, if there's any agitation, it will actually make things clear right out. And so it's really exciting that you get, that you have that. Um, thank you. For, for demonstration purposes, you know, we always want. So I'm going to get... Is I'm going to uh, probably go back and take a nap. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> no, you're going to be energized. Be energized. Okay. She's going to be ready. <laughs> ready to organize the, uh, the pledge drive. And actually, you can help her because I've taken this woman's pulses. So if you want to pledge right now, yes. I think that you should. Now, what's that the phone number? Wonderful. What's the phone number? one 625 9378 That's right. So if you want to take, you know, if you would just want to help Sylvia out because I've taken her pulses, you know, this is going to be the new pledge drive. Right. Right. We're all really stressed here. Please yes. help us. This is the... This is this codependency now. <laughs> this is this is the community health. This is all the feng shui aspect of it. Yeah. How we can all help each other stay in balance. <laughs> help Sylvia <laughs> <laughs> by helping W E R U. All right. So I'm going to go for a point right here, and this is cool. All right. You tell me if this feels different, and I'm just going to stop for one second. Where are we here? All right. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Okay. Here we go. Now, this is going to feel different. I'm not going to talk because I'm actually going to a point 
I'm bringing, reaching the chi in a second. Hold on. We're reaching the chi, and then we're going to hold for a minute. And then I'm going to feel the chi gather again. Then I'm going to go deeper. Hold on, I, I need a better position because the first rule is I'm going to move this time. The first rule is for the practitioner to be comfortable. Forget the patient. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> just twist. Just put here. Put your head over your. Yeah. Put your knee over your head. No, no, no. Joke. Bad joke. Okay. There we go. All right. This is going to be better. All right. So here we are. I've made my Osha day. We're going deep. One area to feel. Do you feel that? I'm going to go to another area. And I'm going to go deeper yet. This one you might feel with the needle. Right there. We're going a little deeper. Can everybody feel this? I this, do feel that. Yeah. And now. This is different than the other ones. Right? And here we are. You feel that a little bit? Yes. Yeah. And now I'm going to push back. And basically what I'm doing is I'm saying, we're going to make that liver energy strong to push out whatever's excess. So it's, we're never taking chi out. We're just helping make things strong. Oh, that's better. Well, even under these circumstances, Sylvia has, chi has cooperated. How do you yes, feel? I'll be ready for the pledge. She's ready now. But that doesn't mean you don't have to call in. Okay. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Um, that's one aspect. Now, another way we would have done that, if we were inserting needles, we would have put needles in those points um, and perhaps left them in for 20 minutes or something like that. Or we would do something called moxibustion. Uh, you probably yes. have had that. It's artemisia. We heat it on different points, and, and uh, that's very tonifying and very, uh, very um, soothing. And uh, you can actually also do dispersing techniques with that. So even if someone has blood stagnation, you could still do that. So here we are. And her pulses now, which before the lung pulse and the kidney pulse were very weak, they were very deep. Now they're nice, balanced. So there it is. She's ready to go. Yeah. She's taller. She was 5'2 right. when so she came in. She's 6'3 now. It's fabulous. <laughs> So I recommend everybody. I'm beautiful now, if you're right. Yeah, well, you were always beautiful, so, yeah. <laughs> but the inner glow, yeah. and in terms of face, you know, you, you were a little pale. Now there's some fullness. So I do recommend a cup of tea. Yeah. Um, I like that. And, uh, you know, you'll, now you'll even be more productive because, you know. Thank you. Balance. You're very welcome. Any other questions? We're getting pretty close to the end here. We have two minutes. Um, well, that's it. I hope this was interesting and informative to people. Um, there are, we do have the main association of acupuncturists and oriental medicine practitioners. So, uh, that's easy to find a practitioner in your area. And if you have any questions, you certainly can call me at 338-4454. I'm in Belfast. This is Rhonda Feynman. Um, we have been talking about acupuncture and uh, ask the acupuncturist.
Thank you, Sylvia, for asking the acupuncturist. Thank you. <laughs> and um, again, uh, next month, please tune in. And we'll be talking about medical ethics, actually. I'll be doing the show in December, and there's a whole conversation about medical ethics that we'll be having. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your interest. It's Healthy Options. You're listening to WERU. And uh, here we are. Thanks. Support for-